0: Sir.
1: Yeah. Yeah. in the building. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All The show goes on all night. Till um. the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the sun?
0: Just remember when it comes up. Like the show goes on. Many right, doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. To glory. And with that, we welcome you back to the always pressing PGA DFS podcast. We're going to recap the Masters for most of it, I have a feeling, and then we will talk about the RBC Heritage. In order to do so, my co-host is always on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing,
1: dude? I'm doing fucking awesome. That was a uh, a weekend, dude. I I tweeted out earlier because i know a lot of people delete have deleted the app but you can still go to masters.com of course too and, and see it because they you know the fucking masters app i mean my god what an app that was you know um but if you you know if you, you go like how like
0: the pga tour tweet do you like how the pga door tweeted out today that they're improving their app right now yeah
1: it was terrible timing i would have waited probably another month uh, but either way um so if you go to and you because you could we could watch every single shot by every single golfer this week for the most part. Some of them were in the trees. Couldn't exactly see them. Whatever. But if you just go and watch that that last putt by Tiger, like without that sound, because obviously it's it's fine for Feldo and Nance to be talking, but if you just go listen to that crowd, my God. What a weekend.
0: Well, it was pretty good. If I let that keep running, I'll give Nance credit, and I've heard other big time broadcasters in all sports like uh, Al Michaels talks about it with the miracle on ice after the, do you believe in miracles? It's just, they leave it silent. They let the, the moment speak for itself. So it's like you said, with that, with the, the, the roar of the crowd and DJ and other guys were interviewed afterwards and said, we've heard roars on golf courses before. We've never heard tiger roars. And we heard tiger roars on Sunday. Like it was, they said they knew every time he did something good. Cause you just hear the difference in the noise that it made around Augusta. It's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Did you see where Kepka was on 17, uh, getting ready to hit his tee shot? And that's when Tiger hit into 16. Yeah. And almost fucking made it. And everybody on 17 was watching what was going on on 16. And that was, that was some insanity. And then of course Brooks didn't even let him finish like cheering. He just pegs it and just rips it down the middle, which I'm sure we'll talk about Brooks, but dude, that, I mean, what do you say about that? Like, how insane was this past weekend?
0: It's what we've um, been wanting to see for since 2005. Yeah. 14 years, Jesse. 14 <laughs> years. I, I started thinking about it today. Like, you know, we listen to No Lane Up. And we listen to other podcasts. And I'm not going to go do their thing where they, they named off all the kind of like, you know, the iPhone wasn't out for two more years before he, he last won the Masters. Uh, stuff like that. They had the whole laundry list of Pretty funny things when you think about it. I was thinking about it. I was a third year in college, so I was doing all kinds of stupid things then. And there's Tiger just winning his fourth green jacket. Um, and, and then I think back how long ago that was, and the things I've done from now, from then till now, it's pretty wild. So yes, it's been a long time, and I, I know we've talk, talked about it. We're always rooting for Tiger, but we were concerned for a while that he wouldn't be there. Not saying he wouldn't win this tournament. Because we, we believe he's a better golfer now. Than he was when we first saw him, like a year or so ago, after this latest surgery. But there were a lot of concerns we'd never see this again, and getting to witness it was pretty damn amazing.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've been on the Tiger train since he came. Since he, you know, since he came back, um, obviously, I've been a fan. It's hardly All of us our age have been fans. We grew up watching Tiger dominate this sport. Um, just, so to see his decline was. Was was pretty hard. Um, his comeback has been, yeah, it was, it was, it, 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 you're right, it sucked. Um, his comeback has been nothing short of amazing. Um, and and I, I I can't sit here and act like I've been a believer the whole time. I mean, I sat on this podcast last last week and I said, you know, I'm not going to have any tiger. Um, I ended up I ended up throwing one lineup in with him and Francisco Molinari. Thank God, because otherwise it was a train wreck of a week for me on on DraftKings, but, um. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not I've not been on board. Um but it 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 just seems like he is 100% focused on winning majors. Um so moving forward, that is something no matter what his price is on DraftKings no whatever what his odds are, that's something you have to consider. It's like no matter how good he's been playing up until then, like he's able to flip the switch now.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all goes because, um, like you said, he's flipped the switch. Um, we were reading things over the weekend. All he practices out there on the range before he starts his round are his clubs going into par threes because he wants to have birdie chances of all the par threes and his approach shots after his drives will be par threes distances. He just has a whole different mindset when he goes out there compared to these other guys that do things differently. And it was pretty crazy because – he went there, you know, a week or so early and all he wanted to do was work on the the 5th hole, the one they changed the tee boxes to and everything. And he bogeyed it every freaking round. Like he was 4 over on the 5th hole. Yeah. And it just makes you wonder like okay, if he just plays that at par, he runs away with this thing essentially. Well, um it, I, I, it's crazy.
1: I also think like if if it's normal Augusta conditions, so if you watched and I watched a shit ton of golf from Thursday until yesterday afternoon, um if you watched most of his golf most of the golf, um, the the greens were slower because it was wetter. Um, they were about as slow as I've ever seen them at Augusta National, and he was leaving a lot of putts. I'm telling you, dead in the heart, but just short. And um, I felt like he should should have had the solo lead going into the final round. Um, he just he left on that back nine on Saturday. He left some a few shots out there. He played well. Um, but he had some putts dead in the middle that uh that, that could have fallen. Um but either way, uh I mean he he got it done. I, I was um I didn't expect it. I didn't first of all I didn't expect Mully to, to collapse. Um as good as Tiger was, uh I feel like, and it's hard for me not to really believe that Mully gave that tournament away.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. Um Sunday, every every Sunday at the Masters at our golf course, we have our Masters tournament where they make the pins insert really tough spots. They it's almost like a US Open meets the Masters that the rough grow out, they do everything. But it's fun because it's individual net, and then you draw a player's name out, and whatever their fourth round score is, you combine the two, and that's how the, the tournament runs. And we were sitting in the clubhouse, like we already got loose. We we're watching um the Masters, well, right before we got to- and that was when Molly still had a two-stroke lead. And everyone there, just like this podcast, knows how much of a Molly fan I am. And there's guys there in their Tiger Red and everything. I wore my Tiger Red on Sunday just to have fun with it. And we, I told them all collectively, I said, Molly's one of the best players in the world. But at the same time, he's never played a Sunday at Augusta with Tiger Woods. That butthole is about to start pinching real big, real fast Well, um, on that back night. And it... it it, it showed. I'm not saying that was the reason. You could, what you see, you could read facial expressions. He did not look yeah. comfortable. Well,
1: I, and he was in control. He, I mean, he made one bogey, like through the first fifty yeah. holes of that he played. I don't know. Like he, he made one bogey, bogey for the first three rounds that he played. I guess now, which is just absolutely insane to me. You make one bogey. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand how he doesn't hit enough club on twelve. If he hits enough club on twelve, we're probably yeah. not talking about Tiger Woods. Um, you've got to hit that. If you're not hitting the middle of the green, you've just get, you've got to hit it long. And if worst case scenario is you take a bogey, but and then on fifteen, man, it, it, first of all, they didn't show his layup shot there. I don't I don't have a clue how he ended up way left down there at the bottom with no angle at all whatsoever underneath the tree. Like I, how he got there is beyond me. Um, but whatever happens he then hits a tree and and puts it in the middle of that pond which I've never seen a ball that short on that hole ever um it, it may maybe unless it was Sergio last year when he put like 15 in the in the pond but either way <laughs> i don't i don't I, I don't get there was some i don't know if it was focus nerves whatever he lost it and those two double bogeys basically Cost him a golf tournament because if if he pars both those holes, obviously we can sit here and play what ifs all day long. Uh, but he's 1500 and he wins it by two shots. So I don't know, man, but it was a fucking hell of a weekend, dude. I mean, it starts with Brooks and Bryson racing out there and me just absolutely tilted because I played zero Brooks because Brooks looks terrible for the last month, but. I mean it it's like him and big, Molly big and hunter. Tiger big game it, hunter. I'm telling you him and Molly and Tiger are gonna have to be staples at major championships for the foreseeable future because both of them all three of them excuse me all three of them um are playing and can play to a different level I think right now than just about everybody now of course DJ finishes second Xanders right there too um if he doesn't start so slow, you know, he's definitely winning or or maybe potentially in a playoff or something like that. Um, still only lost by one shot. And, I mean, that leaderboard, dude. I mean, just the fucking golf tournament. You cannot, you cannot beat that golf tournament. It doesn't matter how many more golf tournaments there will be this year. That's the best golf tournament there will be this year.
0: Yeah, no, you, you said it. Molly, Brooks, and Tiger, and then I believe it was – Rory and DJ are close as well. It's like those five guys have been in the top of the leaderboard, like in every major in the last like six to eight majors or something. Like they are just nonstop finding ways to, you know, top five at worst, top 10, like they're in contention yeah. come the weekend. It's, it's pretty damn impressive. And you, you mentioned Brooks and it's just like, he shows up for these deals. Uh, I'll give Kenny give a, a shout out here. He, um, he, he posted a tweet that I thought was amazing. And um but he compared Brooks' first 21 major starts to Tiger's first 21. Brooks has three wins. Tiger has four. Brooks has seven top fives. Tiger had seven as well. Brooks has nine top tens. Tiger had 10. Brooks has 13 top fifteens, Tiger has 10. Brooks has uh, 15 top 25s. Tiger has 15 top 25s. They're almost the identical resume, which is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Tiger has many other things to go with his resume. But when, when you talk about people showing up on the biggest stage when it matters most, Brooks is right there. And like you said, the perfect example of how Brooks is not phased was when everyone's watching Tiger shot at 16 and Brooks goes, whatever, while the crowd's still roaring, tees it up and just laces one dead center. Like not a care in the world. Most people's knees would have been shaking knowing you're one shot off the lead or or his two shots. I think at that time, like if he goes and makes a a birdie birdie, he's got a great, great chance here and he could. And, to not care like that is amazing. Like, that shows like, you know, I don't know about you, but there's certain times if I'm over a birdie putt, my knees are are, are, are knocking this guy's freaking just lacing it in the biggest stage oh. in golf.
1: hundred percent. Like he has, he has no it, the nerves are not an issue with Brooks, but again, what the fuck was he hitting on 12? I don't, I mean, was it the wind, I don't know if the wind switched on these guys all of a sudden or whatever it was, but you can't put that ball in the water. Now he had chances cause he just barely missed Eagle on 15. He ran that right by the hole after Eagle Evelyn thirteen, mm-hmm. which was a hell of a bounce back after taking double bogey. Um but yeah, I mean oh God. I feel man, I feel like I played, you know, seventy two holes of golf this week. That's how I feel mm-hmm. today. Like I'm just mentally drained. Um but it was uh it was it, dude. That was the that was <laughs> that was just an incredible golf tournament. And then, of course Tiger Woods wins
0: it, so yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome because it was like the final leaderboard was amazing. Like all of a sudden, here's DJ kind of quietly sneaking in to tie for second. Xander and second ever masters right there. Fino was up there. Fino continually just keeps getting better and better in the big fields. One day, they'll be there. Um, it, it's just wild. Every day, though, it wasn't even just Sunday's final leaderboard. Every day at the end of the day, like, damn, this is action packed. Like it is loaded at the top. And, you know, Jason Day makes a run. There's just so many guys there up and down the leaderboard that it didn't really, you know, it's not like certain tournaments we watch. Like, who are these guys? Like, this was what you wanted to see. And it was super impressive. Um, With Tiger, you know, he's now have 81 wins. He's one off Sneed's record. He's three off Jack's major record. He's one off Jack's master's record. Let's have fun with it. Does he get the master's or the major record?
1: (laughs) I mean, at this point, like, I, I don't. Know how he does it, you know. I mean, um, yeah. If he's if he can keep this up for yeah, Pebble, you know, five, five more years, Two you know, he if he, right, right. He's, he's, he's going to Pebble. We got the U.S. Open at Pebble. He's won that one. He smoked the field at that yeah. one. If he won, won it by like he set a record at that shot one <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then yeah, Beth Page, Beth Page, like you said, uh, which is coming up in a, just a little over a month or about a month, um, and I mean, I don't know that he'll win those two, but he's got a good shot and you I mean, you better believe he'll be the favorite going into him. Um but if he you know, if I'm just saying if he can keep this up for five more years, that's the question. Will the back hold up? If the, I think if the if his back holds up and he's able to continue to play golf, I, I think he at least gets to Jack's record there of eighteen now. Whether or not one another one of the, one of those will be the Masters, I think that's just kinda depends on conditions. I mean conditions were really good for
0: him this week. Um yeah. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he does it. The way he's playing, the way he's focused, the way he's gonna take a you know certain approach to his schedule. He's gonna schedule everything around winning the big boys. Yeah. So I, I can see that happening. Uh, let's talk about some other things that took place over the week and, and all kind of focused around Tiger at one point or another. But uh what thoughts do you think went through that security guard's mind when he almost killed Tiger? <laughs>
1: So I, I didn't even see that live. Um, yeah. I, I didn't see that live. I had to saw the replay, but he, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he literally about took tiger out. Um, obviously it was kind of a product of the, the rain. Um, and I, I've never seen that golf course that wet before. Um, you know, I went when the couple of times I've went, it's rained. Um, but I, I don't know, like uh, they seem to keep it drier and, and, Either way, yeah, uh, that guy. I'm I'm sure he like his luck is just glad that Tiger ended up winning.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Phil Mickelson, the video I heard around the world was one of the best things I've ever seen. Did you? I'm assuming you watched Phil talking about Kutcher 0.06% uh, side action and dropping bombs all over yeah. Augusta. Did you check that out?
1: Yeah the the. It, it was, it was odd that you're going to call out the guy you're playing with that day like that. Maybe they had that kind of relationship. I don't know. Where they can I'm pretty sure they have it. that relationship. I mean, I'm guessing, guess. but yeah, that seems kind of like, um, you know, even if one of my buddies put me on blast like that on, on the internet and a million people saw that, you know, I'd be kind of pissed off. Like, Hey man, you know, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And then yeah, the bombs, man, like what, and then he goes and shoots. What do he shoot? Even par on the weekend or something? Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he shot 70, 70, yeah. he shot 200 on the weekend. Like, I mean, he was only a few shots off at that point, and he, he got basically was- trained. But, I mean, yeah. Man, Phil, I, I don't know. I like – Phil's social media is good, dude. He's he's doing yeah. social media right, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, we uh, – after the round you shit, the course, everyone's watching the video laughing about it. And then all of a sudden, I had to show him the Cav video, how to get successful Cavs. Um, it, it, Phil Nicholson's social media just out of nowhere and now he's running it and or someone's running it for him, whatever, it's, it's amazing. It's probably one of the I think best it's all him. Seen, so. I think it's
1: all him, dude. I think he's yeah. just got that kind of personality. I love like, it. He, he has a seriously I don't give a fuck personality, which I can't really blame him. Um, He also thinks he's the smartest yeah, person everywhere he goes. I mean, his ego is massive. So, like, he's doing all this himself. I'm almost 100% sure. But um, he's also, you know, he's probably also a borderline genius.
0: I think he is because like the stuff he does, like the Cavs video, no other, not many other guys no. have done that. Like that was just like everything scripted. Like the when the practice rounds, he's got hundred dollar bills hanging out of his pockets, <laughs> and it's like he's got it all scripted out.
1: Did you see him flopping shots from the fringe in in the tournament play? Like from he the was, fringe, yeah, yeah, he was from taking the freaking full- fringe. Wide open, sixty four degrees from the fringe, easily puttable. Just put it on the green, like just put it up there. That's all you got to do. And he's taking full swing shots and hitting a flop shot ten yards and landing it and letting it trickle down. Like who the fuck does that besides Phil Mickelson?
0: Phil Mickelson, right. <laughs> that's who does that. Um, speaking of the greens, I wanted to ask your opinion on this because I'm starting to get annoyed by it. Are, are you still okay with that sixteen? The pin placement on sixteen on Sunday that basically it gives you a hole in one if you hit like a certain area on the green.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Like, well, you, you've got to hit it. You've got to hit it where you're supposed to. I mean, you still like, you can't just, it, every single, just about every single shot that, that goes in the hole there is hit up to the right. And then it trickles down into the hole. It rolls and down. it's, it's not like, I mean, maybe people are going right at the flag and they just happen to hit a cut and it lands perfectly and comes in. I don't know, but either way, like I think, those types of holes are good to have at the end of a golf tournament that way like the back nine there is so good because it's really difficult starting out 10 11 and 12 are hard then you have you have bogey or you have birdie bull holes on 13 14 is sometimes gettable it was really gettable on Saturday 15 is always gettable and then 16 is another hole that that you have a good shot to birdie um 17 is okay and then 18 plays hard and it, it I think it's a great setup to have a Sunday uh, showdown type of, uh, you know, round coming down the
0: stretch. Okay. Any uh, final thoughts on Tiger? We could probably pick apart a million different things, but any final, like, you know, the, you, he, we have pictures of him back in the day winning with a turtleneck. Now he's wearing it with this goofy-ass no-collar shirt. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of ways you can do it. You can do the comparison of tugging his dad. We've seen that everywhere. Any final thoughts on El Tigre bringing down the Masters?
1: Um, no, it's, it's going to be once again, good for golf. I mean, I've seen so many tweets and posts from people who don't even give a shit about golf and they're talking about like, oh, you know, this is going to save golf. Well, golf is, doesn't need Tiger Woods. Like it golf now does not have to have Tiger Woods, but having Tiger Woods makes golf way better. Um, and so him winning is, is just going to make this the rest of this year, that much more enjoyable, I think, especially because uh, people are going to tune in more and pay more attention.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just one of those things that's going to be so so big. Like you saw – we know we've heard stories about all these players that grew up watching Tiger, and, but you see them all on social media. Like um, Brent Seneca had a great one and many others. Brant stood out big time, just like the, the memories he's giving people. It, it was pretty – it's just how impressive it is that Tiger can do all these things. And I've, I've heard way too many people – everyone's got a right to their own opinion. I'm not going to say that. But I've heard a lot of people like saying, how can you like a guy that you know did things he did? Hey, we all have skeletons in our closet. We've all screwed up. I, no one complained that Michael Vick took a football field again. Like, you got to get over things and move on. But um, to have him back in the way that we grew up watching him was pretty freaking impressive. Yeah. So that's fun to watch. I hope we get to see it again. He's won two of the last seven tournaments he's been in. Uh, they're small field tournaments, but I haven't even heard that rumbling too much. So I love it; it's absolutely amazing. I mean, he's
1: he's not not the perfect person, and you know we're, we're never going to get a we're never going to get a perfect person that's going to be that great no. at what they do. Um, everybody has flaws. Would you know? they
0: complain? Would they complain if DJ won after what he did?
1: I mean, it, it, most people I don't, don't know so. what DJ's done. Most people don't know. Like that's Tiger, true. T- Tiger, <laughs> Tiger is on a different level because. And I highly recommend it. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the trap draw podcast. We've talked about this before um, on Tiger woods and they talk about everything that happened basically from Thanksgiving of that year that he wrecked a car up until last year. Um, They talk about everything and some of the things you forget about. And I can't wait. I'm going to listen to it again because it's incredible where he's come since then. I mean, he has not won a major since 2008. That's 11 years the last major he won was the US Open in O eight. No Yep. Yeah, yeah, the US yeah. Open in O eight. Oh eight. Um right. and at that point he he was a shoe in to win to, to beat Jack Nicklaus's record. And of course, you know, eleven years later here we are. So um it, it, no matter what he's done in his personal life or whatever, like I just appreciate as I, I appreciate him for what he's done for the game of golf. Um and he's the reason that we have Justin Thomas yeah. and Jordan Spieth and, D- and Dustin Johnson and a lot of these guys, and that's the reason that they're so good is because of Tiger Woods.
0: Yep. 100% on board with that. I was trying to avoid the whole thing, but I heard it so many times today it annoyed the crap out of me. Like, I really – people yeah. trying to play hol- holier than thou, it, it, it just blows my mind. It's like if, when you – it's the whole saying when, when you yeah. – like basically you could, when you can kind have of thrown – stone thrown at you, you throw the first stone or whatever, something like that. <laughs> tell them, no,
1: tell, the first tell them to show if you it. live in a glass house or something along that along those lines. Basically, man, nobody's yeah, like, perfect, you know. I mean, get over it.
0: Exactly. Like, enjoy it for what it is. Stop trying to find the negative in every situation because you can if you want. Just enjoy right. how awesome it was. Like, absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, we could talk about this for a while. And I, I have a feeling when we do a, a recap show at the end of the year, like we did last year, this might take up a good portion oh, of yeah. the recap show. 100%. So uh, we'll probably revisit the whole freaking thing um it was pretty awesome and maybe by then i'll learn how to edit in uh, better clips than using my phone next to a microphone but um it it was awesome like i even tweeted it last night i think i watched that same clip like at least a dozen times like i just played it over and over and over again because you the pose it's uh, like just everything about tiger was awesome but all right let's go to the 2019 rbc heritage over in harbortown small course Awesome field, though, for what this tournament is and what it's now become. Jesse, why don't you give us some past event history for the RBC Heritage?
1: Yeah, this is... Uh, I don't remember the... I don't remember it being this strong of a field last year. I could be wrong. Um, but some of these winners, man, it's just like... Either the field wasn't strong or the guys that, that are in the field that played last week seriously don't give a shit. I don't know. But either way, uh, Satoshi Kodaira won last year, 12 under, uh, in a playoff against Siwoo Kim. Uh, the 2017 champion was, uh, Wesley Bryan, his first and only win ever 13 under one shot over Luke Donald, Brandon grace, uh, won the 2016 edition of this nine under two shots over Luke Donald and Russell Knox. And then, uh, Jim Furyk won this twice. Um, Kuchar's a past winner. Sneds is a past winner. Um, it's a Pete Dye track. So it's, some people love it. Some people hate it. and You're going to talk about it.
0: Yep. Harbortown Golf Links over there in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. have got 132 golfer field. A little shorter than normal, but still 70 make the cut. Top 70 ties. Um, this has been a host of in 69 Pete Dye course on along the ocean. Um, as that will come into play through a lot of narratives you hear. It's not a long course. Like I said, 7,100 yards, par 71. Shortest course on the pga tour um it has a lot of trees around the ferry a lot a lot a lot of trees it has 54 bunkers 17 water hazards um it's a driving accuracy course less than driver course but you have to be very accurate and you have to be accurate not just to be in the fairway, but where you're going to be at in the fairway these some of these trees overhang into the fairways you need the right angles into the greens because these greens are the smallest greens on tour they their average 3,700 square feet, super small. So a lot of around the green is going to come into play because if you're missing greens, you're going to have to get up and down to save par. It is the top. It was in the bottom 10% in Eagle and bottom 15% of birdies on the PGA Tour. So scoring is a premium here. Par is very, very good. If you can hit greens though, so driving accuracy, good approach shot in, good game around the green, you can be very, very successful here. Um, it is going to be – Really, really windy. It gets up to about 15 miles an hour on Thursday, but but Friday it's supposed to be stormy. Chances of rain, showers, 25-mile-an-hour uh, winds is what I saw earlier on something I was reading. It's going to be pretty nasty. Uh, it calms down over the weekend. The rains go away. Winds get back down to kind of normal 8 to you know 12-mile-an-hour things, but Friday is going to be nasty. It's either going to be really important to get the right draw or... How does that all work? Because it'll play differently for uh, different golfers. So it's going to be literally the luck of the draw and how that weather comes into play. So we're going to have to keep that in mind. So join us in the Fantasy Sports DGEN Slack chat, which is free. And we'll talk about that closer to lock time and uh, get more questions in here. For Masters Week, the, the Slack chat was, was hopping. It was going crazy. Uh, let's keep it going. So it's not just a major. It's every week. Uh, make all that happen. But uh, Town fun course. But um gotta be very, very, very accurate here. What key stats are you looking at, Jesse?
1: Yeah, uh a lot of the accuracy stats like you talked about, green regulation, driving accuracy. Um I do have par five scoring on here. Uh I think you can look into like, you know, obviously Pete Dye specialists if you want to on Fancy National, um dive into some more course history stats on as far as that goes. Uh but that's pretty much it for me. It's just it's it's accuracy stats.
0: Yeah, that's what's going to come down to. Let's talk some fan share sports as we get into this. Coming in in good form, top three draft or top drafting scores in those events on average. Uh, no, to no surprise many of many, the Italian stallion Francisco Molinari is averaging 133 DraftKings points in his last three. Yeah, Kooch, Kisner, Graham McDowell coming in hot after that W a couple starts ago. Um, Kokrak, Sungjae, Charlie Hoffman, McKenzie Hughes, and Connors. Do you want to go back to tournaments? You know, a lot of the similar guys, like Molly Cooch, kids, but DJ gets up there. He's fourth. Uh, Fleetwood's up there, sixth. or seventh. Good course history here for Ian Poulter. Jonathan Bird and Jimmy Furick make out part of the top 10. Um, if you just go back to overall draft scoring on the Heritage events from 2015 to 2018, ever since DraftKings was around, um, most of these guys, like Brandon Grace, has played in three. He's averaging almost 90 DraftKings points. Cantley is averaging 88.5, Siwoo 87. Kisner's played on all four on that track, almost 82 DraftKings points. So, some of these course history, course horse guys, one thing I like about FanShares is being able to go back to those tournaments and really check it out. I mean, if you talk Pete Dye design guys, um, past 20 Pete Dye courses, DJ's played 12 of the last 20, averaging almost 84. Cooch has played on all 20, and he's averaged almost 80 DraftKings points. He loves Pete Dye courses. Jordan Spieth's average averaging 78, so not bad. Like Molly's averaging 75, Kisner 74. So some of these guys, you can go farther down the list. Really like them some Pete Dye courses, so something to keep in mind when you break all that down as well. Any final thoughts before we get into DraftKings pricing, Jesse? Nope. All right, let's do this. We got five guys over – 10K DJ at six, Molly at eleven three, Xander at 10 nine, Bryson at 10 four, and Cooch at 10 thousand. Really solid as you'd expect up here. Where are you going?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think DJ might be a somewhat like contrarian play this week. Um, obviously played the 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 Masters last week. Top price on the board. Uh, course history is not great. He did finish 16th here last year, but in 2009 and 2008, he missed the cut. And his, so basically three appearances. He's made one of three cuts. Um, but obviously finished second at the Masters, sixth at the Valspar, fifth at the Players' Championship, uh, won the WGC Mexico. He hasn't finished outside the top 10 since February. Um, so top 10 in his last five starts, including a win. I, I think he's the c- kind of contrarian play. I do like Bryson this week, uh, third year last year, missed got the year before, and fourth in 2016. Um, he seems to basically like this place, obviously. is uh, another play. He'll be super popular. I'll leave the Franny take-up to you because I, I don't get him right. I really want to play him, um, but I'm just not sure what if I should or not. So what do you think?
0: I love Franny. I think he's a great play this week. If you want to be super contrarian, not sure I'm going to find my way to an $11,300 Franny. Uh, if I go that high, I almost want to just go DJ because you're going to need one of those two guys to win. And I think DJ could win here, even though Franny's such a great iron player. Like like everything I said about accuracy and off the tee and the approach game, this is Franny to a tee. So it's kind of, it's, it's a tough spot for me for a guy that loves him so much. But um, I'm just not feeling him this week. If that makes any sense, Uh, I believe it's – if I'm looking at it right here with Molly, he's um, he's made the last three cuts here, 49th, T22, T45. That's not going to cut it at 11-3. And I know this is a different golfer in the past. We've talked about it. He's proven it time and time again. Um, He'll be extremely loaned up top here. Like the takes I just gave you about not paying 11-3 for Franny is what's going to happen.
1: Which makes me, which is why I want to play him because, like, you know, I was anti Franny last week because of his course history and he, you know, basically should have won won. the thing. Um, So, you know, if if that's the case this week, then I would like to play him. So I I guess it'll come down to kind of a weather draw, but also, you know, tags on fan share as well.
0: Yeah. Wednesday night will be big because I'm with you there. If he does come in super low owned, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he's less than 5%. Like, I really think all the way up top they're going to go, people are going to go straight to DJ or they're going to drop down. Like, I could see that, like, just they're not going to pay for Franny. So, and, and the weather draw, like you said, it's going to be really, really important this week. I usually don't pay too much attention to it, but it looks nasty. Like, nasty, nasty. So, I'm with you there on Franny. I think DJ is a great play. He's a great play pretty much every week. And he just quietly keeps getting it done. Like, you, didn't, you kind of saw him here and there over the weekend, but next thing you know, He's T2 and it's all said and done. He was one of only like four golfers under par every day. Like he yeah. just he quietly does his thing. He's DJ at his finest. Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting. But for me, it's like I like Xander. I like him a lot. But I think Bryson at 10-4 is, is a really, really nice play. He might be pretty popular here. Like you mentioned his course history already. Um, you gotta be very creative out here on this course. I guess that fits his wheelhouse. And then Cooch, like if you're playing cash games, just start it with Cooch. Uh, again, it's not as safe if, if the weather draws there, but if all things considered, Cooch loves this course. He loves Pete Dye courses. He's made 14 to 15 cuts here. His last five, T23, T11, T9, fifth and first. He is a monster at this course. So Cooch at 10,000, really, really good play, really, really good cash game play, and doesn't eat up all your salary, like going up the mall, your DJ. So Cooch, I like him for GPPs as well, but for cash, just you know, put him in there and move on. Awesome. All- all right, Nine, You got some fun ones here. You got at a big Masters weekend as well. Good course history here. Uh, Spieth at 95, Furick at 94, Webb at 93, Tommy at 92, Kiz at 91, Siwoo at 9,000. Before I say anything else, did you see Tommy Fleetwood flipping off his putt that he missed?
1: <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. Um, I was really surprised that he did not play better. I love
0: that man. I love him.
1: Last week, uh, he had a – I mean, he shot one under, one under, two under two over um and he just did not put well at all didn't make anything is couldn't scramble um i think everybody is playable in this range i'm just going to go ahead and say like mm-hmm. all of them um i think speeth might be the kind of gpp play um 11th 12th and 9th and his last three appearances here now it's 2015 14 and 13 so i don't know how much you really want to to rely on that, but either way, um, you know, 21st last week at the masters, um, he had a terrible first round. He shot three over and then came back and shot under par the, the next three days. He's talked about how close he is. He feels like he's in his game and people will just talk shit about him all week. And so I, I feel like he's kind of the, if there is a sneaky GP play in this region, then it's, it's him. Um, I think that ownership in this range will kind of even itself out because there are some pretty popular plays in this range. Um, Webb Simpson's another guy who I think is very playable, especially after how he played last week. Tommy's a wild card to me. He's never played here um, and did not have a good showing. But before that, he was playing well, and I was really high on Tommy going into last week, obviously, as well as Paul Casey and Justin Rose, which we didn't even fucking mention in our recap, that they missed the cut.
0: Yeah, that, that was unbelievable. Unbelievable especially with Rose
1: bogeying the last two holes. And then Casey just never had it. I don't know what the fuck was going on with Paul Casey last week, but um, I know he screwed. Do what?
0: Wasn't he, what did he finish 10 over like that?
1: Something like that. I mean, it was close to like last he got beat by like all kinds of old guys. Um, So I, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about Paul Casey in the future whenever he plays again, but all these guys are playable. See who's going to be popular. I I don't see Kisner not being popular as well. He finished second here. I think that playoff to Jim Furyk in twenty fifteen. If I'm correct, yeah, no, no, it was Brian Davis. Anyways, no, no, that was twenty ten. Yeah, twenty fifteen. He finished uh, second place to in a playoff to to Furyk. Um, yep. So. I like Kisner quite a bit as well. So, like, the plays here, like, GPP-wise, i put Spieth up there. But otherwise, Kisner, uh, Webb Simpson, and Cantlay are, like, my three kind of favorite plays here. Um, I don't know if I can – what, what do you think about Jim Furyk at that price?
0: I honestly think he's a cash game play just because I, I, I expect him to consistently put it in play, keep it straight, make his pars – Nothing flashy. Like GPP, I don't see the upside there. But just the consistent play, like his last five tournaments, 23rd, 17th, 18th, second, and ninth, he's playing in really good form. Short courses are, are perfect for guys like Furyk if it's his game. Um I don't I don't pick him in a GPP to contend and win, but, you know, I could see a T20 and if he T20 is in his possibilities.
1: All right.
0: Um other guys I I like Cantley with you as well. Uh, Webb and Kisner would be the, the other three kind of hit on them all. Uh, the one I want to see ownership wise, if we're some own, which I highly doubt he will because Pat Mayo will be in love with him, is Siwoo Kim. I think he Pete Dye specialist. He loves this course, finished second here last year, and now plays all the Pete Dyes pretty well. He's coming in a good form as well. But uh, I'd rather, you know, Cantley, Webb and Kisner just like you. Those would be the three I'd be be circling around here. I like Cantley quite a bit. I'm just worried he's gonna be a little more popular than expected. Really good performance last week at the Masters. And then I go, I go Cantley, Kisner, and Webb would be the way I'd rank those three in order of my lineup building uh, when I put it together. All right, 8K range. You got Billy Ho at 89, Koprak at 80, Charles Hall at 87, Polter at 86, Fitzpatrick at 85, Sunjay at 84, Bignon at 82, Moore at 8, 81, and Leishman at 8,000. Pretty interesting AK range because, yeah, pretty interesting range. What's your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of playable guys here too. Um, Kokrak's intriguing. He's not had a whole lot of success around here, but I feel like he's playing better now. In 16, 15, and 14, he did finish 6th, 18th, and tw- and 12th. Um, he's had two miscuts cuts since then, so the last two years he's been here, he's missed the cut. But I feel like he's playing better this year. I'm bucks. I'll play him. Poulter, I feel like, will be kind of – and maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but sneaky, he might be chalky. Um, I don't know. Either way, $8,600, I like him quite a bit. Uh, 7th, 11th the last two years here, and obviously made the cut last week, finished 12th at the Masters. He was in contention for a little while, hasn't missed a cut since the uh, Dell Technologies Championship back in September. Um, Fitzpatrick is interesting to me. So he's kind of a, like, if he's high on chalk, like he would be a fade to me. Um, But if he's not, then I, I think he'll be, a good play at $8,500. One thing about Fitzpatrick in the past, he said, this is his favorite place to play. Uh, and the, the year that he said that he missed the cut. So since then, um, you know, he, last year he finished 14th and he had a pretty good showing on the weekend at the masters. Um, well actually all three rounds, except for the first round, he started, he, he shot six over and then backed that up with, uh, five under and then four under and then two under, um, last week. So, a pretty good showing for Fitzpatrick there. Um, I think Sunjay will be popular again, at eighty four hundred bucks. Um, I don't like him around the sand. Um, he just scares me. And then Ben on again, he'll be popular as well. He finished seventh year last year. So, I mean, those are like Ben on is, is borderline cash for me. Um, Jay, I mean, he's probably an ownership fade for me. And then I do, like I said, like Fitzpatrick and Poulter with some co-crack. So just basically the whole
0: entire region. <laughs> it's hard to fade Cochrane with his consistent form. He's he's played, you know, he's missed his last two cuts. Every part of that, sixth, eighteenth, and twelfth, as you were mentioning. So coming in really good form at eighty eight hundred bucks, I, I definitely like going to that that realm there. If you kind of want more of a cash game play, but maybe not the upside. Charles, how the third makes his cuts here and gets it gets pretty good. I don't mind that, but I'm with, with you. I like pluck, and I'm scared about the chalkiness of what could happen. Um, coming in an outstanding form. He's made all eight cuts here, T7, T11, the last two years. I love Poulter, 86. He's going to be one of my staples. I'll be different elsewhere if I have to. I, I really like Poulter. I'm hoping Sanjay kind of takes some of the potential ownership away from him because I'm with you. I like Sanjay a lot. We like Sanjay. But he's going to be. he's been talked about a ton already. Like he was talked about on Saturday going into this week. I want to play Sanjay so bad and, and maybe for the right reasons, but I, I can't go there. Uh, Benny on is a great play at eighty two hundred bucks. gonna be very, very popular as well, but you know t seventh here last year really likes uh, playing the Pete guys as well. And then one other guy that wasn't mentioned, but it's an interesting play to me, especially if the wind gets nasty. Brendan Grace, he's made three or three cuts here, didn't play here last year, but t eleven at first a t seven. So the three years he's played here, he loves playing ocean court. He plays good in the wind and ugly weather. I think Brendan Grace is an interesting play at eighty three hundred bucks and could be some kind of uh, ownership difference in between Benny on and Sanjay there. So I like cold but my, my favorite two here is Poulter and, and, and grace is where I'm going to be living in say cage. All right. 7k Jesse. I'm not going to read them all, but 7,500 and above. Who are you looking at? Uh,
1: the, the two plays for me, there would be Glover and Knox. Um, Glover's made four straight cuts here uh in two straight top 15s on tour i mean if he's not missing the cut like this year he's top 15 easy so but like every time he's popular man he just gets like it's like he has the weight of the the dfs world on his shoulders and he misses the cut but anyway i like i like glover um at 7800 and then russell knox who's you know been a runner up here in the past um he's shown some signs of life of late as far as playing better than he has at least over the the previous year. So I like those two in this range um, above everybody else. This is kind of a, this is a good range, but it's, um, you know, kind of pick your poison, obviously, like just about like it is every week.
0: Definitely. I'm with you there. Uh, For me, Cam Smith at 79, is a guy I'll go back to, Um, you know, he's, 51st 61st his last three events but he kind of falters over the week and he comes out playing really good golf. Eventually it's going to get put together. He's made all three cuts here including a 32nd and 29th. The last two years didn't play them a T15. So in a GPP I think Cam Smith at 79th very very interesting this week. Uh, I like the Glover take and Knox as well. Knox a very good iron player, good course form at this event. So those two guys I have my eye on. And then another one I'm going to watch for ownership. If RCB comes in low-owned, he has my attention. Um, Coming in in decent form, 36, 24, 30th his last three events. He's only played here once two years ago and missed the cut. But um, this is a new RCB to me. This is a very different RCB. I'm not sure this course is the best fit for him, but at the same time, I think he can make it work. The Euros are really good with these kind of iron play, non-driver type courses. So RCB seen a lot of courses, I guess, over in Europe Um, at 7,600 bucks. I will give him a shot, especially if ownership dictates things correctly. Who do you like below
1: 7,500? I'll start with, with Grillo. Um, He showed a little bit of life last week. Uh, He did not play that great, but he did make the cut. Of course, 87% of the players made the cut or just about everybody made the damn cut. Either way, um, he finished 18th here last year, so I think he's all right at $7,400. I'm not completely in love. Hadman's another guy um, who's made the cut here in his last two appearances, so 22nd and 30th, going back to 17 and 16, uh, but has two straight miscuts on tour, so you could probably catch him at some low ownership um, if you want to do that. Eddie Pepperell's another guy who I kind of find intriguing. I don't know if this course necessarily fits him, um, but... Made the cut the Masters again. Everybody made the cut the Masters. Finished third at the Players Championship, um, which is another Pete Dye course, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. So
1: um, Pepperell at seventy two, he's got my attention. Um, Probably do a little bit more digging on him, but uh, either way, I I I don't mind him, and I I don't know. Obviously, I don't know how popular he will be, but since no course history, you know, I think that kind of holds it back a little bit. so I think he's intriguing at 72.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. 7,200 bucks. Very, very intriguing to me. Uh, you mentioned he, he played well at a peak die course, the PJ Championship. We've seen him show up at a lot of these kind of weird tournaments. And he comes out of nowhere, um, you know, 51st, 56th, last 2 weeks, and a third before that. First time here, but a pretty good Euro player. And we remember, who could ever forget the he got so hammered the night before the final round of the British Open and shoots like six under. Right. So Pepperell's always got an interesting place in my heart um gorilla at 74 100 on board with you there this guy continues to kind of to me i know they're not the same person but he's like my mini rcb he's just kind of always a little lower price but still a very good ball striker a t16 here last year um a couple other guys i'm not sold on just yet but i want to dig in on some more so i want to throw them out here as just somebody to keep in mind uh, alexander noren is down to seven thousand dollars I know he's not playing great golf. At the God, first time here. he has T-62, played some T- shit
1: T-70. golf recently, though, hasn't he? Yeah.
0: <laughs> really bad. But for a, a guy of his I'm talent with level, with it's you. like GPPs at seven K. That is freaking crazy. No, when I saw that price, oh. I was,
1: I was, I was kind of surprised. Um, I, I'm with you as far as like pedigree wise, but his form coming in. But no, the, again, the should horrible. be. I, I'm with you. Like a GPP low own play with some hypothetically high upside. I, I, I could get behind Alex Norin.
0: Yeah, it's like you get chalky up top in the eights or the nines and you want to be different with a guy that can still contend in top ten, nor is the guy. Like, he could easily miss the cut, but he's got such talent that, you know, if he finds it, it's going to be big. So I I think he's interesting as well. But, uh, yeah, 7K, very, very interesting range here. All right, let's dip down to the, the realms of the 6K where there's a lot of interesting pricing down here. We can make cases for a lot of guys, Jesse. Give me some of the ones you're looking at down here.
1: Um I mean I would start with maybe potentially Bill Haas uh he's uh finished he finished 7th here last year uh missed the cut the year before 14th and 32nd 31st in the two years prior He's coming off a 13th at the Valspar Championship so 6900 bucks um maybe a bit of a uh uh play there obviously GPP only um Chad is another guy like he doesn't have a whole lot of success at this golf course um but just looking at kind of some particular stats in relation to the golf course he like he's got some decent numbers um form coming in is not great again but again another guy for gpp uh chris kirk is another guy who plays well uh at least around here 55th miscut 23rd 69th 27th 30th going back to 2013 um he showed some signs at the arnold palmer i believe Uh, semi recently, he's got two straight missed cuts, but either way, I think he's, you know, he's got a little bit of my attention. What about Cameron Champ down here at, uh,
0: coming off an injury?
1: Yeah. I mean, coming off an injury, but, you know, I mean, at $6,500, you're going to talk about some upside. The guy has shown that he is, he can win on the PGA Tour now. Of course, that was the Sanderson's Farm Championship back in October, but either way, um, Nobody hardly, I don't think, will be on him at $6,500. There's a lot of salary savings there. I'm going to throw one more guy at you. It's Mark Anderson. He is $6,100. Web.com guy. um, He played here in 2017. He finished 44th. 2014, he finished 68th. And in 2012, he finished 13th. Um, He did win on the Web.com back in February. Uh, he's not played since February 10th at least that I have stats for, which is kind of weird to me. but um either way, sixty one hundred dollars you know a guy who potentially make the cut and maybe top forty and you know pay off
0: mm-hmm. opens up a lot of salary too. Um, nice. there's a lot of different guys I could look at down here depending on how you want to go. I'm not gonna name them all like if you come in the slack chat, I'll name them all for you but like Pat desire coming in actually pretty decent form at 6,700 bucks. Um, a good week at the masters T 18. He's made three straight cuts. I missed a cut here last year. They're probably at 32nd and 14th. So it's $6,700. He's interesting to me. Uh, you didn't mention him, but I know you're usually on him. What's your thoughts on Wyndham Clark?
1: Uh, yeah, actually I forgot about my boy. Um, he's never played around here. I think he's a, all right for a GPP, but, uh, um, I mean, he's been hitting a lot of greens, and if he can just get the, the putter going. His his driver is a little bit wonky, so I, I'm not completely sold on him. Um, obviously, this is a, a lot of less-than-driver holes on this golf course, so maybe he can keep it in play a little bit more, but uh, his accuracy off the tee scares me a little bit.
0: All right. Uh, after him, the defending champion, Kadira, is 6,400 bucks. He's made three straight cuts on tour. Yes, he's not the most consistent golfer, but if if you finish first at this event, it means you know the course a little bit. I'll throw that out there. Just going to throw that on him. So 6400 bucks, not the worst punt in the world. He'll probably be chalky for that exact reason. But um, my boy continues to get disrespected. Uh, Rory Sabatini at $6,400 finished 23rd here last year. He's made six of nine cuts, three top tens, and he's just continually making cuts on the PGA Tour. So Sixty four hundred for Sabs, same kind of thing, and get you T forty, T thirty five pretty consistently. I got a couple questions I got one more question for you. T twenty third last week's made two or three cuts here. Missed a cut last year, T fifty nine and a sixty eight. So not great finishes. But our boy H V three is sixty three hundred bucks, Jesse.
1: Yeah. Um you know, for uh, I don't mind him. Uh I don't know that I'll play him, but um I mean DJ Trahan's right there too, the guy who was pretty chalky for his price tag at the Texas open. He missed the cut. So um, a couple guys there that could be playable.
0: Yeah. The 6k range is is definitely interesting. So definitely a range when you come in and we talk weather and and ownership and stuff on Wednesday or even tomorrow, if you want the 6k range, we can go back and forth on a lot of things here. I'm not going to name them all off, but you can make a case for a lot of these guys in GPPs. I wouldn't really feel comfortable down here in cash with many of them. But GPPs, you can make some hay, so I don't mind that at all. All right, let's recap it real quick. Jesse, we'll, we'll rapid-fire this. Who's your number one play, 10K and above?
1: Uh, Bryson.
0: Yep, Bryson is mine as well. Uh, who's your number one play in the 9K range?
1: I'm going to go with uh, Kisner.
0: God damn it. I was going to go Kisner, so I'll take Cantlay to make a difference so we don't go the same again. I think i going to be the, the same. No, oh, there's nothing. So, okay, Kisner for me too, then. Um, <laughs> give me two guys in the 8K range. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm going to go a little bit different on this. I'm going to go Kokrak and Pol- Poulter.
0: I'm going to go Poulter and Grace. So, right now, if you're paying attention at home, it's Webb or no, uh, Bryson, Kisner, and Poulter. We're all the same on. So, yep. buy everywhere. Um, 7K range. Give me like three guys
1: uh, Glover, Knox, and Pepperl.
0: I'm going to go Cam Smith, Glover, and Grio. That's my three there. Uh, then who's your one? If you had to play one guy in the 6K, who's the one guy you'd play?
1: Uh, if it's one guy, I, I'm going to say Bill Haas.
0: Sorry, you're breaking up there. Who's your one guy? Bill Haas. Bill Haas. All right, mine would be Rory Sabatini um gpp play give me three gpp guys you start a gpp lineup with
1: um so i think Kokrak is definitely in there um poulter and then i'd probably be looking because if you do that that leaves you what 81 um glover
0: in my three, I'd start with Cantley, Cam Smith, and RCB. That'd be my three GPP plays to start it off. Um, maybe throwing some Norin for fun after all that discussion. Give me three guys to start a cash lineup with.
1: Man, I, I see what you're talking about with with Furyk. Um I don't necessarily mind him. I do like Kisner quite a bit at ninety one hundred dollars. Um, I would put him in there. I think Ben on at eighty two is. Uh, is borderline cash worthy. So like pretty much cash worthy because everybody's kind of borderline to me. Um, and then Tommy Fleetwood at $9,200. Uh, it's hard for me to see him missing the cut this week. Of course, it's hard for me to see uh, Paul Casey and, and Justin Rose missing the cut last week.
0: Yeah, but. Justin Rose, that was so tilty, man. Yeah, the, the Slack chat was tilted. Our personal text messages were tilted. That was something special. Um, my cash starts, it'd be Kuchar... Kisner, Poulter, I like that start quite a bit. Um, all right, pick to win, Jesse. Give me one, and then one longer shot. Not, su- not be super deep, but give me, give me two picks.
1: Uh, Kisner.
0: Yep, that was who I had down. He's twenty-five to one.
1: Um, those are odds though. Whoo, twenty-five to one on Kisner. Ugh. Are we can have the
0: same OED pick again? Uh, we might. It's it's very possible. Um, what
1: about Pepperl? I don't know if he can win, but
0: uh, it's he'll have good odds. Though. I was looking at him earlier. He's a hundred to one. Yeah, that would be. I mean, worth he's a five dollars on. T twenty guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you could get a top twenty, you'd probably get
1: him what at ten or.
0: Yeah, ten to fifteen, probably I guess yeah yeah, I got uh, Poulter at 41 and Cam Smith at 55-1. to A couple I'd look at as well. Cam's going to win this year. I know he's going to win. I have very, very good – I'm kind of torn. Does it going to be him or Finau first? That's the million-dollar question. But,
1: uh, Surely it's Finau. Surely it's Finau. So. But I'm with you. I mean, Cam Smith, uh, I played him some last week too. So, I, I, I mean, he played all right. He didn't play very good
0: Sunday, but yeah, – he's, he's a GPP player, not a cash player. He's got I'm that be... boomer bust mentality. Yep. Um, but all right, that'll wrap us up this week. Jesse, final thoughts on you can, the Masters, Tiger, RBC Heritage. Final thoughts.
1: Um, <laughs> I don't have much except for you know we're four weeks or so away from uh you know being into the next major, so we don't have to wait that long, which is pretty fucking awesome. Um, and I'm I'm just mentally drained. Other than that, man, watch the weather. And uh, and good luck this week.
0: Yeah, join us in the Slack chat. We'll help you out with all that. It was an awesome week at the Masters. Look forward to more and more of that. But uh, if you give us a rating and review on iTunes, we'd much much appreciate it. And all that being said, the podcast is at, on Twitter at Always Press DFS. Jesse is at DFS Golf Gods, and I am at Beat Intric. Thanks for listening to the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast previewing the 2019 RBC Heritage. Catch you guys next time.
1: Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the sun? Just remember when we come up.